the Cinema Time Capsule Podcast with your hosts, Jeff and Joel. This episode, we're discussing kids' horror movies from the 80s. Ooh, that is scary. Welcome to Cinema Time Capsule. Cinema Time Capsule's mission is to bring back the movies from the 80s to the big screen. We screen the movies in front of a live audience to decide collectively if they're as good as we remember them. The movies that we screen are chosen by you, the viewer. So head to the lobby and get yourself a treat. This episode, we are reviewing 80s kids horror movies. I am your host child of the 80s, Jeff. And alongside me is my esteemed co-host, the doctor of all things retro, Joel. hey Oh, hey off we go. Um, Joel, it's been a little while. How have you been? Not too bad. Um, Joel, this is the time where we kind of, you know, set it up a little bit for the audience to let them know where we're born, where we're from, what our favorite toy, food, TV show, music, and film was when we were just young we children. lads. So, Joel, can you tell us uh, when you were born? I was born in 1977. It was a good year. It I was a know. very good year. I don't remember it, but our producer probably remembers it because he's, he's a little bit older than us. Um, do you have like a favorite toy or like food or just something comforting that you remember? I have not progressed past the age of 12 in most things. So granted, I don't play with toys anymore, but back then it would have been my Star Wars figures and I had these killer Dukes of Hazard cars with figurines and they made awesome crash up derby material Dukes of hazard had um like figurines yeah like action figures yep and they had oh, like wow. giant plastic cars so there my sister had daisy duke's jeep i had uh the duke's mobile and i had uh, roscoe's uh police car and so then it would set them up on the end or in front of me and then i would race one into them hoping that they would smash and like cause parts to fly off in the air which was awesome until they were obviously gone and a garbage sweet i uh i sat in the generally at one point at a car show i've seen a number of them including one in nashville which i think was one of the actual cars used I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole, but I heard they like destroyed so many different mm. chargers. I think it was the charger <laughs> yeah. that was used. Like gorgeous cars, just smashed them up. What about you, Jeff? What do you remember playing with? Um, hundred percent. It was it was basically just GI Joe, mm. um, and the GI Joe cartoon. I don't know why I was so militaristic. Yo, Joe. Yeah, it was that was me. And I think, I'm do you still have so. all of the words memorized to it? Um, the song, anyways. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do it because people just turn it off. It would be disgusting. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Um, one thing, just before we move on, I'm like a food guy. Is there some kind of food that you remember that you loved in the 80s? Or? And still love hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that an 80s thing, though? Like, oh, oh, 80s specific. I'm just saying as a child. I loved hot dogs. I still love hot dogs. <laughs> I guess it was an 80s thing because you went, you'd go to a barbecue and it'd be like, here's a hot dog, a small hot dog on a small bun, or here's a really thin burger mm-hmm. called a steakette. <laughs> Which one do you prefer? Yeah. It hot, was either well, or. And and think of how um, 
flexible hot dogs were in terms of you would you have them a bun. We would have hot dog sandwiches to mix it up. You <laughs> would put hot dogs in your craft dinner. There are so many things that you could do with hot dogs. When you said they were flexible, all I thought was you was bending a hot dog. And I was just like, what? Is, where is nah. he going with this? <laughs> no. Um, I would say my favorite thing, and you're going to remember this because we're from the Hammer, everyone, our listener out there. Um, my favorite place to go to eat was Mother's Pizza. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Absolutely. And they brought it back briefly, which was... It was a catastrophe. It, it was. I went a couple times and... During lunch hour at work, they would bring our pizza that we ordered 50 minutes before when we had 10 minutes to eat and get back to the office. So, yeah, it didn't last long, but it was a fun return to the old uh, stained glass lights oh, over top of uh, your jug table. Jug pop. You remember yeah. that, Simon? Were you a mother's? Yeah. He's yeah. nodding his head. Yep. Okay, folks. Um, enough about us and our um, antiquated memories. Um, usually this is the point in the podcast where we would recap, um, our screening, um, last time, um, the Goonies won Mm -hmm. and we were very excited. This is, this is basically, um, this is a controversy. Okay. This is our second episode, our second screening. We already have a massive controversy Mm -hmm. on our hands. Joel, can you describe, um, in detail to our listener what happened? Well, we were, as folks know, we've been searching for a location to uh, screen Goonies. And we had a lot of leads, a lot of people really interested. Um, But strangely, we weren't able to make it happen. Except one of the places that we gave our full story to of what we wanted to do, what Cinema Time Capsule is, what movie, they stopped responding to us. And then programmed it exactly the same way for themselves and other people to do. So we basically... um, Scooped. There's a retro... There's a rival retro Mm. um, screener out there Mm -hmm. um, who's trying to break us. And um, I just want to say to the the listeners out there that we will never give up. Nope. In fact, folks, don't worry. November 19th, Mm -hmm. we have booked at the what? Playhouse Cinema in Hamilton, mm-hmm. Ontario. So we are booked at the best one. We got back to the I best. think it's the best one. Yeah. And um I'm very looking forward to it. So folks, um we're going to take a break, a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to break down the kid horror movie uh selection for this podcast. <laughs> Thanks to Comic One Books at 67 King Street East in beautiful Stony Creek, Ontario. Visit them in person or online at comiconebooks.com. That's comic, the digit one, books.com. We are back. Super pumped to have Comic One supporting the podcast. We love those guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Like the amount of money that they've given us and mm-hmm. merchandise and... We've quit our job, so this is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so, folks, um, we're reviewing kids' horror films for you. We've got um, five for you. Uh, the first one we looked at was Watcher in the Woods. This is a 1980 uh, Disney film mm-hmm. starring Betty Davis, Lynn Holly Johnson. Um, she was in a James Bond film, mm-hmm. uh, For Your Eyes Only. Um Kyle Richards, uh, who was a child star, and then 
actually became famous for um, one of those. What is the TV show where they're like all rich and they're oh. like housewives of Atlanta? Oh, really? Um, yeah. Like, I don't know which housewife she is, but she's one of them. One of them. I thought you'd be more interested that she was in two Halloween movies. What? Like, oh, she was in the first one for sure. Yeah. And then she was in number two? I think so. It's in um, two of them. I, you're more into those than me. Definitely. So when a normal American family moves into a beautiful old English house in a wooded area, strange paranormal appearances befall them in this interesting twist to the well-known haunted house tale. I didn't write that, obviously. Um, but that is what um, Disney has put out. Do you remember seeing it when we were kids? Um I do not remember seeing this film, and I was surprised that I hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, just to set things up, I watched insane um, horror movies when I was a kid. Like, well, I probably from the age of five or six. Any, any movies you saw, what you shouldn't have seen. Like, I have memories of, for instance, Friday the Thirteenth from when I was six or seven, but I have no <laughs> recollection of watching the woods. Yeah, it's like or Bambi and child appropriate movies. Yeah, I don't know why I missed this one. Any recollection for you? Oh, I definitely didn't see that as a kid. Okay. Um, what were your thoughts like when you had a chance to um, watch the film? And, and It starts well, I thought. I've, I thought we were, because not having seen it, I was gearing up. And when Betty Davis comes on the screen, she's creepy as heck. Yeah, I was especially like, All with right. those like... Betty Davis eyes. Exactly. Right? Sing it, Kim. Is that the is a song based on this movie? Because like <laughs> when you see the film and you see her eyes, I immediately yeah. thought that these are Betty Davis yes, eyes. Yes, this is what they're talking about. <laughs> the the song doesn't make it anywhere in the soundtrack, so I don't know. But it's around the same time period. So it starts creepy. I thought I knew what was going to happen, or at least a trajectory. And and I couldn't follow it. It was like what you often say if you watch movies in parts. Yes. This one I'd watch and then I'd be confused about why things were happening. And so I'd press pause and I'd, you know, go check my email or whatever. <laughs> and then I'd come back. Okay, I gotta watch this. Thinking is something's gonna make sense. And it was almost like there were multiple parts of this movie that then they weren't sure how do we make this fit? We just think this is a good scene, like all of a sudden, there's a flash of light on the water, and the girl is suddenly transported <laughs> under the water, under some branches, and then she's screaming, trying to get out, but she's not moving. And all of a sudden, you see Betty Davis over top of her, pushing her stick. down <laughs> with, with a stick. stick. And I was confused. And then, then they explain it as... No, no, she had. She was trying to get you out from underneath. She was the trying sticks. to get the clothes, your clothes out from the sticks. <laughs> yeah. So she was pushing you down further. <laughs> yeah. When you're six years old, man, you don't get it. You just look at this crazy old lady trying to yeah, drown, drown you with the yeah. stick. Yeah. So obviously, I if I saw this, I would have been scared, and I would have thought all oh, old ladies were going to try to drown me. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, she's not the scary old lady who's creepy. She's like this friendly old lady. And then there's things happening in the woods. 
There's um, watchers. There's a watcher who we both were talking about later. Not sure who the watcher well, in the was, wood was. Like, I think the cinematography was good on it because when they were setting up those scenes, like you could see, like there was obviously um, a perspective of someone watching yes. you in the woods. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And um, was like, I'm I'm asking you seriously. I I probably watched it in like six sittings. So sometimes. <laughs> It becomes cloudy. Was there an actual watcher in the woods? The, I think there were multiple people that you could say were watching. But there was no definitive. No. It was like not think, a whodunit. It was like, well, the watcher in the woods is the Betty Davis yeah, eyes. Yeah. No. I think what if we get to the end of the movie, if that's to be understood, then the watcher in the woods are the aliens that somehow are introduced that make no sense to all of the paranormal activity that have been occurring. It, so it explain was, the ending to me because I saw the ending. I saw a bunch of people um, around, doing ring around the rosy, ring around the rosy, yeah. and singing, and then all of a sudden, yeah, what uh, that's I I can't explain it any other way. I think I wondered if they were trying to make it less scary, that a ghost story sort of thing for kids was creepy, and so then they're like, oh, guys, we're not selling this. This is Disney's gonna be happy. So then they just suddenly made it aliens and the girl returns by the power of friendship from the yes, alternate universe. It was the power of friendship. And then that's it. Thank it, you, Disney. It made no sense. I did not enjoy that. So I, I did enjoy like the first 20 minutes. Yes, that part's the, okay. But it's like, a, it's a different, it's like multiple movies and they couldn't figure out which one they were going to go with. Yeah. That's what I thought. And so maybe there's a reason why I didn't see it. Maybe... Maybe I saw it and I was just like, forget this. Let's watch Freaky Jason. Right. Right? Like that could have happened because my attention span wasn't all there. Yeah. No one was being murdered through this movie. So there's a theme in the 80s, which is really interesting, where there's a lot of um, cinematic pieces where they're trying to desperately frighten children. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, I've. What did you term it? Um, It's not my term it was like kinder trauma right like i I was researching for this podcast and there's a lot of kinder trauma going on Mm -hmm. um in films and it's just like it's almost like people are trying to scare children uh in a way that um is probably inappropriate nowadays Mm -hmm. i wondered if this was disney's attempt because at that time all those movies like poltergeist yes um exorcist those have been big money makers and then buena vista decided i'm gonna get in on this Uh, that was my query yeah and so like why not just do what my parents did and just throw you right into here's (laughs) poltergeist skip it yeah yeah forget (laughs) like if you're gonna get scared let's really go for it terrify them um so then interestingly um our next film is three years later another Disney film, something that Wicked This Way comes, um, starring Jason Robards. A, I believe this is Jonathan Price's uh, first film. He's famous now for um, Game of Thrones. Hmm, I've heard he, of that. He <laughs> he played, I think, the the Sparrow. Uh, Coach Froze is going to be upset. Um, our friend Coach Froze that I'm I'm not fully aware of the character he played. Ham Greer. Yep. Um, from some nineteen Foxy Brown, right? yeah, like nineteen seventies films, and I think she was in Pulp Fiction as mm-hmm. well. Um, is in this, and the kids are played by uh, Vidal um, Patterson, 
and um, whose name is Will, and Sean Carson, which is Jim, who we never see again in the 80s after this. No? Oh, well, I don't, I don't have any relac- recollection. But this one is another Disney film, mm-hmm. and um, written by Ray Bradbury. Um, in a small American town, a diabolical circus, and its demonic propi- proprietor prey on the regrets of the unsuspecting townsfolk. Creepy. Thoughts about this one? I also hadn't seen this. and you, I, you didn't see this? No. Okay. And I feared because I'd started Watcher in the Woods that this was going to continue the Buena Vista Trail of Tears, uh, that this was going to be a disaster of a movie. But I was very pleasantly surprised that as a film, it was excellent. Why do you think... Um, you miss this one because this is like kind of as we're getting older we would have been six at the time of release yeah that's seven. that's why we uh, i was watching your parents would have said this is it probably this is kinder sc- trauma scary and we movie. are not going to do this yeah and it might not have i mean looking at the setting of the during the depression um that wouldn't have been something that probably a six-year-old me would have been super pumped to watch that's my guess. Okay. Um, so early 80s would have just been the really kiddish stuff for me. Simon, did you see this film, our producer? Uh, actually, I did. Uh, so they actually showed it to us at a Cub Scout meeting. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but they decided it's Disney. it would be a good idea yeah. to watch this during huh. a Cub Scout meeting. So we watched it, and it was freaky. Yeah. I was not like pleasantly sleeping that evening after that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you in your cub outfit and I need to see a picture of that. Like I need that. I'll see what I can do. I need the vision of that. Maybe maybe you can wear it for our next episode. Yeah, uh, please, man. That would be awesome. So definitely I this was like um on rotation. We had a VHS. I saw it in the theater. Uh, really? Had a VHS. Yeah, well, it was a Disney movie, right? So I yeah. remember the other Disney movie I remember going to see was Pete's Dragon, yep. um, which was Disney used to re-release things. Yes. Um, there was like The Rescuers I remember mm, going to see. That was a good one. And this was one of them around huh. the same time. And By the way, The Rescuers scared me too. Because really? it had that weird oh, yeah. like witch. Like, yes. like Disney, what are they doing to us? <laughs> like we're a mess now. Yeah. All of Gen X Just... is walking around in a haze of like fear. <laughs> So this movie, I had the VHS for it, and um, my um, my aunt and uncle had taped it for me, mm. and I would watch it repeatedly. And getting scared every time, the scariest part for me, I don't know if you felt this as an adult, but there's a scene where um, there's spiders that start to come yeah. through the walls and yeah. stuff. And um, fun fact, I did show this to my students who are in grade seven. And um, we're doing a suspense unit. And they're like kind of, you know, ah, this sucks. This is boring. Where's where's Thor? <laughs> oh, where where's the cinematic MCU? Um, so and they were like getting upset. And then all of a sudden the spiders show up. And then it was kind of like silence. And um, there were some people visibly um, disturbed. Disturbed. So, yeah, I'm kind of giving the kinder trauma back to mm-hmm. them so You're they're passing it on like i'm passing good, it on good educator so i mean it still obviously hits a certain nerve the way that mm-hmm. that movie unfolds um 
Well, I think the fact that it was a story written by Ray Bradbury, who has uh, a good track record. Yes. And it's it's well written. So then, and him being involved in the development of the screenplay and writing it, then that elevated it beyond someone trying to take someone else's story and then make it fit for the screen. He apparently was quite involved and rigid uh, with with its development. So he he had a vision and they executed it. And I think it turned out well. The book is really good too. I tend to read it um, once a, a year during October. I didn't read it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book is really good. And fun fact, the original person that wanted to write the screenplay was Stephen King. Hmm. So... Um, it does have some literary chops to it for sure. And the acting was really good. You know, sometimes with kids getting in there, you think, eh, they're not really that uh, believable or it's very rigid. And But I thought all of the acting was, was really good. The, the effects were not bad. Um, and it was it was one of those movies of what was happening was believable in its universe, not this is so outlandish. Like with Watcher in the Woods, that nothing, I didn't think things were believable in that, that you couldn't convince me and they didn't connect with each other. Whereas this was, it fit that, the whole story was consistent. I think the kinder trauma part comes from the fact that you could see yourself as a kid Mm -hmm. being kind of haunted, not haunted, but maybe like there's a scene where they're tracking down Jonathan Price and the, the, um, the people from the carnival Mm -hmm. are trying to track the boys down and they're, they go into the storm drain. Yeah, yeah. And as a kid, I remember just really connecting with that idea. Like, what would happen if, you know, crazy carnival people were after me? <laughs> and I and I could always kind of feel that energy, right? Like, what would you do? Mm-hmm. Which helped you, you then all those years later when that occurred. Yeah, when the carnival came yeah. to town. And yeah, I was looking for you. Why is it always a carnival? Like, that kind of theme kind of plays through... Um, like, why are carnivals so creepy? And yeah. why do they set it up so that carnivals are creepy? There's no clowns in this. No. But th- there are unusual characters and, like, human oddities. Yes. So I think that that plays with kids' minds of, you know, that these people may exist or they're different. So then it's, it's trippy for kids trying to figure out, wait, th- I don't recognize this and this is out of my normal experience. And so, therefore, it's a bit freaky. The Mr. Dark character um, was so well played mm. by Jonathan Price. Yep. Um, just the the top hat, the suit, the accent, yep. um, the big, dark, black beard. It mm-hmm. was just like, I remember that kind of being ingrained in my head as a kid. Yep. And Jason Robards is a great old man dad. I love Jason Robards. He was there's excellent. Some, there's something about him that is is just so wholesome and, mm-hmm. and well played yep. so so you kind of you, you like this film then absolutely okay I definitely watch it i can see watching it again i'm kind of glad you said that because as a kid i always liked it and then i wondered why um disney plus hasn't put it on as part of the rotation yeah like i i thought oh i guess it's not good caliber or maybe there's rights issues about you know if it's connected yeah. to Ray Bradbury, maybe his people are not allowing that. But yeah, it's a it's a loss because compared to some of the other things that are in Disney Plus, including one we'll get to, um, 
that movie is uh, really, really good. Um, so that is 1983's uh, Something Wicked This Way Come, Comes. It's very hard to track down. It's not an easy film to, to find uh, on any streaming nope. device. It's something that you'd have to track down and uh, watch on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, or for some of you that pirate, you'd have to pirate it, which I do not condone. So don't come at me, uh, um, production houses, please. Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with our next We are back with our remaining three films. Excited to share them with you. So, film number three was my uh, selection for this curated list. was the 1986 Wonderful World of Disney special presentation, Sunday Night. Mr. Boogity. Yes. I love this movie, too. I was terrified by this movie because of the wonderful effects. Um, This starred David Faustino, pre-Married with Children, Christy Swanson, pre-Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Benji Gregory, pre-Alf, as well as a cameo. I guess you call it a cameo, but he's a character. I guess uh, John Astin, who is best known for... The Adams family, and he was also um, the stepfather on uh, Night Court, right? Harry, Harry's stepfather, and he always had the catchline, oh, yeah. "I'm feeling much better now." And the dad uh, was in uh, the Thing, um, and oh, he was, yeah, yeah. He's in, he's in, I think, two John Carpenter movies. So R- Richard anyhow. Mauser, I think. Yes. Okay. So. Lots of famous faces in this one, which, uh, directed by Oz Scott, is the story of a novelty salesman moving his family into a new house, initially dismissing incidents as more of their father's practical jokes because he uh, sells novelty items. The family soon learns that the house is haunted by people who lived in the house 300 years previously. You'd think that they would have clued in on this when they were moving into Lucifer Falls, I yeah. believe is the name of the town. I definitely would not move to Lucifer Falls. No, it sounds like a, a red flag. So this movie, um, I guess we would have been like nine at the time or mm-hmm. whatever. Eight. Eight yeah. or nine. Yeah. And it was on on Sunday, and I did a little bit of research. Um, I thought it was a Halloween special, but it was in, released in April. Really? Yeah. So... My recollection was is a Halloween special, mm-hmm. but it obviously yeah. wasn't. A hundred percent, I watched this live to air. Yep. And um, you know, the magical world of Disney on Sunday nights was an event for any '80s kid. That's what you did for sure. Um, you would um, have had dinner. Um, Do you remember what I think came before it? It was either before or after. Give it to me. Lauren, or what was it? Lauren, Lauren Green's, Green's New Wilderness? Yeah. Are you sure? I I'm thought that was a sure. Saturday thing. Nope. I remember watching it. Lauren Green's this. New Wilderness. Yes. Sponsored by Mutual of Omaha. That was different, wasn't it? Mutual of Omaha's Wild, Wild Kingdom. Kingdom. Sorry. Mixed them up. I love Okay, maybe one of those But now I'm going to start talking about those things because now I love those things, <laughs> yeah. man. Okay, we... I didn't even know Lauren Green was on Bonanza. <laughs> yeah. Or was it Gunsmoke? I don't know. Those are I just thought the he 80s. was a wilderness so, dude. Yeah, yeah. He just loved wild animals. Anyhow, yes, those went together like peas and chicken skins. I didn't even know that peas and chicken skins yeah, went together. Yeah, that was dinner. Okay, like 
Sunday night for me was a little bit of um, a hot potato issue because I did not like going to school the next day. I don't think any kid really So, did. So this like kind of made me somewhat happy. Mm-hmm. Um, In your final hours before bed? Yeah. But this one, man, there's no way I slept after this. <laughs> no. I can still remember feeling afraid uh, when we were just talking about this movie. Yeah. And being so... I can feel Remember it. being scared. I can feel this. And, yeah, it was only after watching it that I remembered why I was so scared. Okay, because, like, I watched it and thought, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with me? This is so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I did not feel fear like I did... Um, but I re- just recall Mr. Boogity. Like, so I probably saw it two or three times. Um, like a, they probably started airing it mm. at Halloween time mm-hmm, for sure. And then I hadn't seen it for like 20 years. Yeah. Were you the same? I hadn't seen it since probably it's initial airing because I, if it was on, I probably wouldn't have watched it because I remember being so afraid. Yeah. But then, yeah, found Were it you, on. did you see some of the horror tropes that? caused you fear or absolutely okay go ahead so as a kid at that age strangely though not exposed to uh obviously the horror movies that you would have been that's yeah sorry thanks parents that is actually beneficial to me uh i read i loved reading ghost stories and from the library at school so i would get those same books over and over again and they would they would scare me and so then watching mr boogity yes there's all this the goofy stuff but the things that moved with no one there and weren't the father's novelty items, um, things appearing, lights in rooms, those were straight out of those ghost stories that I read. And so that immediately reminded me of that. And that's why this terrified me because in my mind, I'm reading all these real ghost stories and then I'm watching it happen on Disney. I was like, ah, okay, then this could happen at any moment. I'm going to try and keep away from this stuff as long as I can until it shows up in my house. Then I can't avoid it anymore. And that's the kind of thing where we go to that kinder trauma thing mm. is that like Disney, you're supposed to trust Disney. Like yeah. we're, we're all about the mouse house and we're for children. And then all of a sudden they will drop this on you. Like everyone gather around with your family. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, we need to sleep in the uh, living room together yeah. or else we're not sleeping at all. So the one thing that freaked me out, like when I was watching it was soon as John Aston appeared, like the, the movie guys, it just doesn't make sense at all. There's nothing realistic about <laughs> it. There is no l- logical um, explanation for anything. They go into this house. First of all, it's derelict. It's run down. You have three children. And my wife, first. I have two children. My wife is not bringing, <laughs> I pull up to the house. It's like, there's lightning. There's no windows. My wife is going to turn around and say, we're leaving yeah. now. Do you, uh, I was telling you before that this, the exterior set for the house was the same one used for your favorite film from 1985, Fright Night. Oh my gosh. That's why it looks so creepy. Yeah. Because that is a beautifully designed house. Yes. But you're right. Anyone now looking at it is not pulling up like, yeah, let's, we could just put a little bit of yeah. Ogbo grease and new Yeah, uh, that's paint exactly it. Like That's a, such an 80s thing. There's a, a horrible derelict house. <laughs> it should and be then bulldozed. all of us, I remember from Revenge of the Nerds, I even remember it from Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. You go and then there's like, you get a bunch of people and yeah. have a montage and then the house looks beautiful. Yeah. So that's obviously 
totally implausible. They go into this house. It's pitch black. And then they're all creeped out. And then all of a sudden, John Aston is the real estate agent who looks like the devil. Yep. And he's got these big bushy eyebrows. And he comes out and over, hello. <laughs> and it's not like, what? I would have lost yeah, my every, mind. Every, if every, I was the father, I would have been kung fuing him. <laughs> yeah, probably punch him in the throat and run away. Yes. Yep. So I didn't even under, I didn't understand that part. So as a kid, and the sequence of things that just kept happening. Hey, there's no power in here. Oh, we'll make this a slumber party. Yeah. Oh, we are leaving. We're we're leaving instead we're gonna... of no no no. Let's stay. And then when yeah. let we wake up in the morning, and find our daughter passed out in the hallway. No no no. This this is all good stuff, guys. No, we're just gonna get through it. Oh my god. We saw a ghost child in the basement it'll be fine what about the uh, that part was scary too seeing that kid because it wasn't over the top of like, like the Mr. Boogity. Kind of yeah thing. yeah then thinking like oh my gosh that's a kid it looks like me i um so as an adult watching it though it got really dumb for me when you yeah. saw the green footprints yes like and that's a so there's like green footprints you have to go watch this on Disney Plus. Yeah. There's green. It's worth footprints. forty minutes. It's yeah, so it's only forty, forty five minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. And you take like there's these green footprints walking up the the wall. And okay, it could have worked, but they literally just look like plastic. But if you saw that in your house, the dad just <laughs> that <laughs> happened. They weren't there and then they're there, and then the dad just turned it into oh this is a funny gag i should get these for my store yeah he took he peeled them yeah, off and put and, them on himself and and said yeah so maybe yeah. i don't know maybe it was the idea that he was trying to to scare them know. all along the boogity um costume was pretty cool yeah and and like i say those the scary parts i've found scary but then yeah it's mashed together with sort of like goofball slapsticky comedy and those I, were not i kind of like the goof yeah. stuff but like watching it again so i showed this to my children and um they're teenagers now but i showed them i think it was last year or the year before and they were like this is rubbish yeah like it, they didn't even try to watch it with me sometimes they'll try to watch a film with me and you know pat me on the head and say oh yeah, this is a good one but they were yeah. like this is trash because I, I tried to that. show it to them this year and they're like no nah, we're not watching this so, so, well well you made the mistake why didn't you just say hey guys since it was such a great film we'll move on to 1987's bride of boogity um <laughs> I, and so i don't have recollection of that movie and i'm sure i saw it but i probably I, should go back and watch it just for an exercise mm -hmm. but i mean anyone i talked to before the podcast was excited to hear our impressions of mm -hmm. um i think it yeah like Mr. you said Bindu being on disney on sunday night it probably got a huge viewership and people remember it now such that yeah uh, something wicked is not on disney plus but they made a point of putting on both boogity movies yeah. so there's a, a measure of a cult following i think for it simon you were 13 at this point uh any recollection no nope nope none at all he Maybe was old. he would have been in his boy scout outfit at that point cub scouts no, oh, isn't yeah, Boy Scout? Moved up. Isn't it? That's right. Do you move I up? So. I think so. It, like it's cub beavers, know. cubs, scouts. scouts. Is there like uh, rangers after that? I think there is. Look it up, folks. Right. I think it's rangers. I was never in scouts, but I wanted to be a ranger because mm. it sounded rangers or girls. Really? Uh, okay. You. Adventures and then rovers. 
Uh, please, someone um, email us and, and give us the breakdown. <laughs> yeah. I just did. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, and it was always a blue handkerchief you were. Is this no, correct? No, no. I don't know. Did you sell the cookies? That's the girl. You guys sold Christmas <laughs> you are trees. super confused. Did you sell anything? Apples. apples. You know, the apples. things you always have Who in your house. apples? <laughs> Could you imagine selling apples now? Like, would you like an apple? No one would. I already no one, have them. No one would buy it. Did you guys sell a lot of apples? He's, he just shook his head. He doesn't want to talk about no. it. Talk about kinder trauma. Yeah. Like dressing in knee-high socks and selling apples door-to-door. Moving on, Joel, to number four, um, which I get very excited about. As you should. This is a great movie. We have The Monster Squad, 1987's classic, starring Andre Gower, who I definitely know was in Bop and Team Beat, Duncan Regeer, Dracula, Jason Hervey, driving up the Wonder Years uh, connection. With a brief appearance. He it, does. It's basically him playing Wayne. Yes. Which will lead well into the our next movie, but until we get there. Oh, yeah. So this was directed by Fred Decker, who oh, did Decker. Night of the Creeps. Did you ever see Night of the Creeps? Heck no. Yeah, you got to see it. It's no. so good. So the premise of this movie is you know who to call when you have ghosts, but do you know who to call when you have monsters? I do. Now we do, thankfully. A group of young heroes attempt to save their town from Dracula and his gang of monsters. And the the I just got to play a little. So this movie, I think, has so much that is good about 80s movies and the things that are most regrettable about 80s movies. Um, did you rock until you dropped? I did. Did you rock until your heart stopped? Thankfully, no. I stopped just before that, so I didn't die. So yeah, like I mean, you've got the the dumb made the song made for the film. It's awesome. That song no, it is, is awesome. So good. It is killer synth. If it came out now for a movie, people would like. I think they'd love it. Hate still. it? No, I don't think so. I think they would love that song, and they will hate the ending song. Sometimes I will. Like I'll just be like walking around and I will start singing, singing song. that, and and it's true. Like if you ask my family, they'll be like, "What are you? What are you doing?" Like no one knows <laughs> these eighty songs. There's no radio play. You'll never hear that on the radio. Nope. But it just kind of like unless you listen to Mark and Simon's soundtrack show, then you did hear that they played it last week. They did for us, and it was and awesome. We appreciated that. Um. So this film. It's basically Fred Decker wrote it with um, his housemate in university, and it was the um, basically the answer to the Goonies. Like, what? How can we repackage was, the Goonies? Yes. And which um, came out two years before. Yeah, and um, so it's a it's a group of friends that uh, have to face off against. Um, universal monsters mm-hmm. and this was an interesting one for me as a kid because i'd seen so many different um inappropriate horror movies but the horror that i was really into as a kid and now i'm really into is the classic universal monsters right. um i don't know do you guys remember 
um, these books. They were orange. And um, I just pulled it up on um, the old internet. They were called the Crestwood Monster Books. And they were in the school library. And I would incessantly go to the library and get these books out. And they were probably my first like readers that I really got mm-hmm. into. Do you remember those books? Vaguely. I would read all of them, The Wolfman, mm-hmm. Dracula, yeah. King Kong, and I've been trying to track them down to see if I could get them for my collection, and they're fairly costly now. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of um, 80s kids were really aware of the Universal Monsters. But they didn't really have any yeah. other movies. They weren't super popular during the 80s, were they? There was I more know. of the ones like you were referencing that no. you shouldn't have watched. Yeah, and I mean, I remember watching um, when they would come on. Yeah, um, you know, my dad would like get get me around the sure. TV, and I remember Abbott and Costello. Yep. Yep. Um, was it meets Wolfman? There's all of them, or Frankenstein, Frankenstein. or something. Yep. And they were legitimately scary, like wrapping around a, a, a co- uh, comedians. But mm-hmm. it, I don't know. So. You, everyone has the idea of, of the Universal Monsters, but um, they finally came back mm-hmm. in the 80s. Yep. Um, do you remember this film and seeing it? Not really. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I did. It, it, yeah, we would have been 10. It was a cool idea. Like you said, building off Goonies of this group of friends. We have a club. We have a clubhouse. Um you know we don't let certain people in we're all into this super into this one thing um and then they clearly modeled the makeup of the club based on um what was successful in the goonies maybe a bit too much um and then they they are the only ones that can save the town it it was and they ride their bikes they go out late at night they have walkie talkies all this stuff was killer like that was yeah. a dream yeah. for me as a child. Like and the um any eighties movie involving kids, as soon as you throw a treehouse in, mm. like I had a clubhouse. Um we built it uh I, I was talking about this the other day on the soundtrack show. We we had like a little there was always like wooded areas in the eighties. Now they've been all bulldozed so that you can put a Starbucks in. But there was, like, tons of, like, wooded areas, and we had, like, a little area, and we built a little shanty out of it, and mm-hmm. we had our own. Um, it was a ghost um, It was a ghost club. We were oh, ghost yeah? hunters. Okay. And um, we made a, a, a club, and um, unfortunately, we didn't make any money. We went on several expeditions um, that that we did not track any ghosts. Well, it was mostly hard like to get paid crawl spaces and basements and stuff. Right. And we would just like to scare the crap out of each other. Sure. Um, but obviously it was modeled after this film because I mm-hmm. uh, clearly remember seeing this in the theater mm-hmm. and just loving it. Absolutely. Why do you like it so much? Because if you don't have a recollection of it, when would you have come across it? Well, I think I probably did see it back then or a few years after with the dawn of home video. It would have probably been played um, and yeah, just now it reminds me of those things that were cool or okay, idealistic I then. I get it now. So whereas like Watcher in the Woods um, is an 80s film, but maybe you don't have the connection. Yeah, uh, I have not like lived in an comes. old, weird British yeah. mansion with a creepy lady next door. 
Something yeah. Wicked This Way comes yeah. is from the 20s, yep. uh, based in the 20s. Uh, Boogity is just like all over the place. Yep. Like, but this one is like very the, reminiscent of things that were happening to and, us. And it's a group of friends. Each of those is basically, I guess, it, um, something wicked. There's a, a good friend, yes. like the, the pairing, but the other ones are siblings. Um, and so, you know, you do things with your sibling, but you're probably not going to form a monster club with with your right. with our sisters. So the ensemble cast is yes. a big thing. The one yeah. thing, so at I that, can, particularly at that age, when you're 10, 11, 12, and you know you're jumping on your bikes, um, you know Chris Van Hoffen and John Belanger and I are riding around. Uh, that that's that's what and I and you would weave in and out. You'd weave in and out thinking of the song for in sure, your mind, right? Yeah. So I had you. You know the character Rudy, mm-hmm. um, who's older, right? Who smokes? Yeah. So back in the eighties, this is this is a real thing. They used to fail kids, right? So you would have older kids amongst you, and it could go really well for you, or it could go really bad for you, depending mm-hmm. on. So I had a friend. I'm not going to use the last name because I don't want to. You know, I'm his. I'll use his first name. And anyone that I went to school with. We'll remember Greg D. Okay. Yeah. This guy, he was basically Rudy. He had a leather jacket. <laughs> he smoked cigarettes. Um, he stole bicycles and oh. he became like one of my best friends. Really? Yeah. And um, so we would run around and do all this stuff and he would beat the tired of younger kids. Sure. And I was like his little toady. Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to be like the toady to the big kid. Um, until one day, we were playing British Bulldog, and um, I grabbed onto him, and he punched me in the head. And <laughs> I realized that, um, yeah, you, you weren't such good friends. Anyway, so a month later, he was. Um, they figured out um, this kid's causing a lot of problems. Mm. Oh, he's. Um, with 12-year-olds, oh, he's 14. He's supposed to be in grade 9. <laughs> so they, like, he had, like, the mustache and everything, you know, walking so did home Papa. from school smoking. And so he was, like, unceremoniously, unceremoniously whisked away. We had that in grade 8. We had a kid who, yeah, was just had a troubled life. Uh, and we didn't know that at the time. He's just another kid and yeah. caused trouble. But, um, yeah, then all of a sudden uh, – Oh, in the middle of grade eight, he's moving to high school. Yeah. I have never heard of this happening before, and I don't recall him being smarter than all of us. But Simon, yeah. did you have like a Rudy when you were growing up, like an older kid that shouldn't have been there? No, there was probably kids our own age that shouldn't have been But before. not an older kid, eh? Not that I remember. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, and this was a, th- a fairly common thing. I mean... Although like, in this movie, he... yeah. It's strange that he wants to hang out with these kids, and for that reason. Greg D. wanted to hang out with me. Yeah, he wanted something. I don't know what, in this movie, why the cool kid was, I mean, I well, guess he, he liked the girl. Yeah, he liked looking he, through the binoculars. He the liked girl, the, um, the younger Though he wouldn't have sister. known that to join the club. You know what? But, he was just a misfit. Know. But he was also cool. Like, he was, uh, there's aspects of him that he was a good kid, because then when Horace is getting picked on, he pulls up on his BMX, yes. lights his cigarette by striking a match against his shoe, and then makes Wayne from oh, Wonder Years 
eat the, the was, chocolate bar that he I just stepped on. When I was a kid, I felt vindicated. But then the other part is I really wanted to start smoking after that. <laughs> right. So the 80s was weird that way, yeah. right? Like it was just like, yeah. well, oh, yeah, I think retribution and smoking is yeah. good. Well, and that's, I think, with this movie, the conflicting parts are there's language that should not be used yes. by or towards children. Yeah. Um, then that part, like showing a cool kid smoking, maybe not the best model. Yeah. Um, peeping on people. That's uh, not good. I, no, I don't think it's worked out well for anybody. <laughs> There's a bunch of things he, in this movie that are uh, sort of negative object lessons. This is probably what you shouldn't have done, uh, but but it's a good reminder of the times and uh, I think the movie holds up really well. So the still. movie didn't do well in no. the theaters. Um, nope. I think it had an issue because it was they couldn't figure out who to market to, mm-hmm. market it to, um, and it had the PG thirteen right. slap. So all of a sudden, Joel Martin's not going to be able to go see no, this. Twelve, I can't go. Um, of course, I saw it. <laughs> PG thirteen. This your, is wonderful. Your aunt snuck you in. Um, so kind of fell through the cracks, but a lot of people believe it's kind of the first tween movie mm. or similar to something where it, it, it fits that category for kids just becoming teenagers. Um, but it was how many years later when it suddenly blew up? Um, I think it had a resurgence probably in the early 2000s because they ended up making, um, Andre Gower made a documentary called, do you, do you know the? Wolfman's Got Nards. Wolfman's Got Nards, which is kid. an amazing, you know what's weird? In the, in the 1980s, kicking people in the nuts was a huge thing. <laughs> like, I it's don't know. the most what, iconic line from this movie but, that if you've seen it and probably people who haven't seen it know that line. Well, the thing is, I don't know of anyone that goes and kicks people in the nuts anymore. It's Nards. And I see, sorry, Nards. <laughs> and I work with kids, and Simon works with kids. When was the last time someone reported to you a kick to the Nards? I can't remember. I, I was probably kicked in oh, the yeah. Nards 20 I, to 25 <laughs> times a year. I've kicked people in the Nards. I, <laughs> Have you ever, Joel, have you ever kicked someone in the nerves? I've definitely not intentionally kicked you someone come there, on. but I have been kicked multiple times. I can still remember a, a time. Did Carrie Lynn ever kick you in the nerves? No, but Name redacted. I, I can't believe Joel is using last names. I, I We were like grade she's, six. She's calling you up. She's going to call you up Maybe. and deny that. It wasn't on purpose, I'm sure. but And she was probably wearing pointy shoes because all remember. the... People were genderized. Back I wasn't then. actually hurt, but you know you have to play it up a bit when you're and a you kid. grab them and then you go yeah. down. But folks, like I don't want to get too in depth here, but if you get kicked in the nards, it is the weirdest experience. <laughs> if you don't have nards, you may not understand this. All well, of I a think sudden, probably be you get a kick and you're like, "I'm good." It's kind of like COVID. Like, <laughs> I'm fun. And then all of a sudden, you take a step and you go down and you're done. You feel it in your back. <laughs> And you feel it in your lungs, and you cannot breathe. Well, I think the representation we see on screen of the Wolfman getting kicked is accurate. He and why wouldn't the Wolfman have nards? He would have huge nards. Like, why <laughs> would you think Wolfman don't have nards? Well, he does have. I guess he's maybe like he, testosterone. Yeah, especially because Horace would have known he's a man originally. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he just he froze in the moment and was thinking, "Is this?" 
the Gill Man. No, it's not Gill Man who's just a creature. Yes. It's, he's a man that has turned into a wolf. Like, you ever see uh, a dog, like a <laughs> Rottweiler that's like that's. He might not have nards anymore. Anyway, so the movie and everyone's recollection is based on nards, which is <laughs> true. Kind of, I don't know, disturbing, but easily accessible for people. And yeah, staying power. Um, so this one was a big one for me. I know mm-hmm. it was a big one for you. And Simon, did you get a chance to see this film? I did watch it recently, and I uh, I enjoyed it. It uh, it was pretty good. You didn't remember seeing it as a 17 or 18 year old? I don't think I saw it when I was in the theaters. Hey guys, let's go watch a monster movie and the guy gets kicked in the nards. So that wasn't your thing when you were like 17 or 18? No. He would have just been kicking guys in nards. Did no. you, did you, um, did your daughter watch it with you? Yes, yeah, she did. She enjoyed it. I don't think she'd watch it again, but okay. she enjoyed it for one time mm-hmm. through. Yeah. Okay. So her comment at the end was, well, that was a movie that we watched. Okay. It's, and. I haven't. That was the review. Yeah. I tried to get my kids to watch this with me, but um, when I first presented it to them, I think we watched the opening, and they were actually frightened by it. And this was oh, only yeah. about, um, I would say, a couple years ago, hmm. and they were kind of like, I don't want to. Like this is. Yep. One, one of my daughters, uh, Grace, is not into horror at all. Uh, my younger daughter is kind of more into the scary things, but they were kind of freaked out by it and yeah there's a lot of scares in this yeah um so monster squad another kinder trauma Trauma. film yep and on to our last film this is from 1989 this is little monsters this is starring fred savage howie mandel and daniel stern and i was like for me the wonder years was a huge Mm -hmm. show yep when I was a kid, and to see Fred Savage and Daniel Stern, Daniel Stern mm-hmm. was, of course, the voice of the adult Kevin. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool, and I don't know if that was done on purpose or if it was just a coincidence. I would guess so. Okay, so there's a monster living under Brian's bed and a whole world of monsters beneath them. <laughs> this was directed by... Why are you laughing? This is the comment that you put in the notes. Um, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, man. I didn't even realize I put that in We'll there. get to that. So the, I was dying because all I remember from this movie, and I watched it. I, I'm. It was one of my friend, uh, Joe M. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do I you know remember Joe? Joe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe M? Yeah, yeah. Yes. He he came, yes, he came Big to dude. our school. Yeah, just briefly. But, and then got expelled. Did he? Oh, I just remembered he wasn't there anymore. I think it was an expulsion. Okay. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Anyway, this was his favorite movie. And really? he would make me watch it all the time. But the the very best part of it was that, so the monster, um, played by Howie Mandel. Maurice. Com- Maurice comes out of the shadows from under the bed and they... He befriends Kevin. Not Kevin. No. We'll just call him Seth. Kevin. I don't know what his I can't name remember is. his name is. Was it Brian? Maybe Brian. Yeah, uh, probably Brian. Kevin. Fred Savage's He's... brother was in this too. I know. Ben. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Anyway, so they're friends. Uh, I would have loved a monster as a friend. So I really like this movie. I was kind of getting older when this movie came out. What were we, 12? Mm, yeah. 89? Yep. 
So, but I was still, I was pretty juvenile. Sure. And so I was, when I saw this movie as a kid, I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. If a monster, and then I would like look under my bed and see if a monster would come out. And my favorite part is when they go around doing their little tricks and pranks and uh, they go to the bully's house. There's always a bully in an 80s movie, eh? Yeah, and they're like worse to him or as bad. It's none of this uh, golden rule stuff. It's, wait, someone was mean to you? Go be mean to them. That's the lesson here. So this this part where he goes, um, they go to the bully's house. Spoiler alert. Just Spoiler in case you haven't alert. watched it. They go to the bully's house. Let's get him back. Um, There's apple juice from his lunch. <laughs> Let's take a whiz in it. And they fill up his sandwich. Apple ju- <laughs> oh, well, and his sandwich, they replaced the gross tuna which, with cat food. I think the cat food would be good. I love pate. So, <laughs> um, so they fill up the bottle of apple juice with, pee. with human urine <laughs> and um so this is our favorite part of the film but i forgot about the 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 finale of it and um <laughs> the guy the kid the bully you know who the bully was what movie he was from yeah home alone home alone it's um, the brother buzz 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 drinks the urine well and he, he goes, eats the sandwich and he goes ah and then he, overacts it. Yes. Then he, he's sitting at a table with all little kids all that he's definitely kids. not friends with. And the principal comes up. He's eating the sandwich and he tries to wash it down with the apple juice. And he goes, oh, piss. And then he <laughs> coughs and spits it out on the principal. And the, the one of the kids beside him all of a sudden just yells, ew, he spit. Piss on the principal. <laughs> and I just started uncontrollably laughing at that point. Yeah. I was sick the week I watched it. And um, I was watching if... this during the day. And I was like, as I was watching, I'm like, this is the perfect if you're sick movie as a kid. And, um, yeah. you know, it was just, it was disturbing, but in a good way, like the, the piss thing. Hmm. Back to the movie. I did enjoy it. I remember liking it as a kid. The beginning is super interesting how he uh, his leaves his bike in the driveway. It gets damaged. He gets mad at his dad because um, it turns out, we think, Maurice actually left the bike in the driveway to cause trouble, which is weird because how Maurice left the house, not sure. But then in order to trap the monster, he disassembles his bike and adds a contraption to his bed to trap him which has like i think there's lots of movies in the 80s where kids figuring stuff the out Rube like goldberg machines right <laughs> yep um just like explorers you're make you're putting right. something together there's no way that kid knew how to do this um sawing the legs off his bed and all that but that that part was cool and then even the practical effects of uh, when maurice comes into the room and he starts melting or falling away because yeah. of the the sun that was really well done it's that then once they get into the netherworld it, it lost me i like the makeup i, I thought the makeup oh, was thought, pretty good i thought it was terrible really they were like just bad it looked like they just found a, a pile of skids and then found all of the weird oh you're talking about the set design set design was bad yeah and the then the the kids, kids 
in the netherworld just had like random masks that they just found like at thrift stores and like hey this is gonna work i thought i thought howie mandel's uh he was makeup good. looked really yes good. his was good but it, that's where obviously they spent their time and money because the rest of them even did you notice that ben savage is one of the little monsters later nope, too did not he's a brother that. and he's in that but you know so they're like the conflict the crisis is that they have to get back to mm -hmm. um their own world by the time the sun comes up and the sun's going down and then they have to like go through subterranean tunnels yep. and they're going through different time zones which i thought was kind of cool but again you're right the set was just like i didn't like it it's just like my house with a sheet up <laughs> like right yeah and um, it reminded us of our high, of our high school movies that we would we did film a lot of high school yeah, movies and they were dumb but we knew they were dumb. Well, it's kind of like this podcast actually. Not it's kind of like us producing true. something that yeah. is dumb. Yes, we're well versed at it. So the the end. But I was like at the end though. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Um. They were ended up coming through. Thankfully. Um, a vagrant California, a, a vagrant sleeping yeah. area in California on the beach, and yeah. as the sun started to come up, I was like on the edge of my seat. Are they going to get through? Mm. I knew they were, so I don't know why. Sure, but anyway, um, little monsters. And I was when we put the vote out, uh, one of the people I work with, Nicole, um, voted for this film, mm. and she really wants it to win. I don't want it to win. Um, I can she, see that it holds. if it won, I'd be okay with it yeah. because like some people really like it. Her yep. and her brother just thought this was amazing mm -hmm. and they'd watch it on sure. repeat. So she's a few years younger. So I think it really appealed um, to that younger audience. Whereas yeah. maybe like Monster Squad for us appealed yep. because of our age. Yep. Uh, we'll be right back, I guess, Joel, with the yeah the voting final results. tally. <laughs> Thanks to the Playhouse Cinema in Hamilton, Ontario for hosting Cinema Time Capsule's next screening on Saturday, November 19th at 2pm. Go to playhousecinema.ca for tickets to our screening and all other shows. Welcome back. We're excited. We finally get to break down the voting results of the current vote of kids 1980s i'm excited horror movies so we do have november 19th 2 p.m at uh, the playhouse in hamilton sherman avenue yep um this is happening um so whatever movie is chosen we will be playing and if it's watcher in the woods i'm not showing up <laughs> like so if you if you the, have to be there if the cinema time capsule community has voted this in you're doing it on your own. Okay. Well, because uh, I'm committed. The system would have failed. Mm -hmm. Well, but the viewers will have spoken. So let's let's go it's through. True. It's true. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you have the results. I do. Okay. Wait. Before I like to do this, is there any movie that you are pulling for? I was originally wanting Monster Squad. That was my immediate vote, just for for um, the nostalgic value right. and this that was the movie that really got you and i talking about this and interested in maybe doing something like this but after watching them something wicked i think even though it's 
different. It's a different movie. It's a that's how it, so I was torn because that's an excellent movie. Um, it just I'm, had a different feel. I'm so. with you on that. So like, I think something wicked this way comes is an excellent movie. I've watched it often and continue to do so. Um, Little Monsters. I would accept Little Monsters too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bang for the buck is going to yeah. be for me. It's Monster Squad, mm-hmm. like because, I mean, it it embodies everything that I liked about the '80s. But yeah. I would be okay with those ones if it was. It, there's like Boogity's good, but then I mean, it's not very long. No, um, Watcher in the Woods is okay if you've got Betty Davis eyes, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want those. Two no. Ones. Simon, did you have one that you kind of would want to see in a, in a theater? I think. Now I kind of want Watcher in the Woods to win, just to see what Jeff's going to do. I'm just going to dance mm. to Kim Carnes. Uh, if gonna, we screen it, I will dance up front and sing Betty Davis sides for the, the whole entire, time. An hour and a half. This is way more entertaining. So, well, let's get to it. Okay, I'm excited. People have been waiting at least an hour of us rambling. So, All right, here's the breakdown. Bringing up the rear is a tie Ooh. in the last place. It's between Mr. Boogity and Little Monsters. 3% of the vote. Sorry, Nicole. Shockingly, both of those <laughs> to us were beaten. 6% of people want to see Watcher in the Woods. Well, I mean, early Disney film. Yeah. Right? And I know there were some comments online of people saying that one was really scary to me as a kid. So I get it. Second place. This, gonna give away wait, the, so this is so it's down to um, something wicked. Yep. So this is this is a bonus. This is just gravy yeah. now. Now we got rid of the the Detritus. Ferguson's, and yeah. <laughs> now this is this is it. So yep. I'm gonna say I'm okay with either. Mm-hmm. Pulling a little bit more for Monster Squad, but if it's something wicked, this way comes. I'm okay yeah. to freak people out with the spiders. Yep. Okay, yep. here we go. Do we have a, like a drum roll like feature, Simon? You could put in, or is that stupid? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty dumb. It's like Michael Winslow. Yeah. All right, twelve percent. Something wicked this way comes, yes. meaning okay. the victor at a huge seventy-five percent of the vote. The Wolfman's got Nards. So I'm not surprised, but I am surprised no. that it was three quarters of yeah. the the viewers or but, the listeners wanted but i think it's become such a an event i mean as you reference the uh documentary for folks who don't know should go watch the documentary wolfman's got nards that'll just tell you about how big this became um throughout well, the states i'm super pumped now so yeah. in um november 19th november 19th we will be screening. matinee so you and it is kids, a matinee i love that yeah so then you can go home and you can check your house to make sure Dracula, Gilman, uh, Wolfman, they're not there. Okay. And there's still daylight. Bring your nards with you. Yep. And you may get kicked. Yep. So we're excited to be able to share this with you. Um, okay. So some of the things, just as we wrap up, I basically thought no one was listening. And I thought there was like, this is just a waste of time. And we're just old people just trying to make something happen and guess what joel guess what what someone under 45 is listening whoa and um two people in fact okay and we are from hamilton ontario canada yeah 
okay, these people who are under 45, they don't even live in our hometown. They live or province. Or province. They live in White Horse Yukon. Is this did this blow your mind? It did. Oh I can't gosh. believe we connected that far away. So and they they listened repeatedly cuz they messaged, More than once? They listened to the first episode at least 3 times. I listened to the episode like halfway and I turned it off cuz it was rubbish. <laughs> So this is blowing yeah, my mind. So, so this is who who are these who's these are our biggest fans. Yeah. Uh well we, let's, let's we're gonna fly them down like I gotta save up. Yeah. And Eventually. we will fly you down. You'll probably be forty five by the time I can <laughs> save up. But I am flying you down here at some point. Who who are the well, who are who's our biggest fans? Let's let's let them introduce themselves. Okay. They here, sent us a message. Cinema Time Capsule's biggest fans. Yep. Mail call. Hey there, Joel Mo Martin. And Jeff Chad of the 80s. It's Jack. And Alice Boulanger, listening from Whitehorse Yukon. This weekend we watched Monster Squad. Our favorite parts were when Wolfman got kicked in the nards and when Frankenstein's monsters started saying bogus. Keep up the good work and we'll be listening. Thank you. Wow. Can you believe it? So Jack and Alice from Whitehorse Yukon... Thank you so much. Yeah, thank the you. The reason why we're doing this is for you, because you are our top listeners. Yep. And I'm just going to say it, you're my best friends now. It's, okay. well, I feel slighted, and I think Simon's a bit... No, but nah, they're now... He's resolved already. They're my spirit animals yep. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for sending us a message. We're glad you're listening. And uh, we're hoping that other people join in. And if you've got a message, you want to... Tell us that we're idiots. We know. So maybe tell us something we don't know, what your other movies are. Maybe you have a theme, uh, a vote theme that you'd like um, us to consider. You can send us messages on social media. Which social media? Specifically Facebook and Instagram. We're the only Cinema Time Capsule uh, folks on there. So look us up. Do we have an email? We do have an email, Jeff. We are at cinematimecapsule at gmail.com. And if you want to call uh, us and leave us a message, we can set that up through um, cinematimecapsule at gmail.com. We I definitely suppose. could. I don't know how we do it. I no. don't know anything. Well, that's why we have Simon. Thank you, Simon. Yeah. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you at the movies November 19th, 2 p.m. at the Playhouse. Don't forget, for all your comic needs, you're heading into Stony Creek. Join in Jeff and I at Comic One. Where they will give you tons of free stuff. Well, I don't know if no, they will or no, not. But they, no, they won't do that. But they that'll do, get they do people the there. Lights on. But thanks to Comic One for... Thanks for Paolo at Comic One. Yeah. And uh, rock until you drop. And hopefully you drop November 19th, 2 p.m. at the Playhouse. See you then. See you at the movies. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What squad? It's like Miami Vice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. Naughty virgin! They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves! But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh! Look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? Do I have a werewolf? Silver bullet? 
They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something's out there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. This has been the Cinema Time Capsule Podcast. For more information about Cinema Time Capsule, please email us at cinematimecapsule at gmail.com. The music during the Comic One segment was Gothamlicious by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. The music in the Cinema Playhouse segment was Maple Leaf Rag by Scott Joplin, performed by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons. This podcast was produced by Simon Wielden. The theme song was performed by Bruce Turney and Simon Wielden. Thanks for listening.